everybody. Tyler Smith here. Uh, it's time for another mini-sode. This is mini-sode number 34. Uh, this week we were we wanted to try and get a full episode done, but uh, due to sc- some scheduling conflicts, um, that uh, did not happen. So we'll try to have a full episode for you next week. And to, just to give you a little preview of that, uh, the movie that we'll be talking about is Spike Jones' Her. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, this week especially, um, it'll probably be more readily available because I know that AMC tends to put out the Best Picture nominees uh, the week before the Oscars. So, um, so yeah, you hopefully have a chance to go uh, to go see that. So, uh, as far as uh, some announcements, real quick, there's only one that I can uh, think of, which is uh, this past Saturday I was on a show called Post Show Recaps. Uh, hosted by uh, a guy named Rob Sesternino, and I was talking about the recent RoboCop film. And uh, we talked about that and compared it to the 1987 film. Uh, you can find that at postshowrecaps.com. You can also find it on the YouTube page uh, because it is uh, it is a video as well. So if ever you were curious, curious what I looked like and what uh, a portion of my office looked like, uh, you, can, you can tune into that. But it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was... All right, this is really nerdy. So Josh has his Gilligan's Island. I have an island of my own, even though it is seldom an island. And it is Survivor Island, which no one has ever referred to it as. But, um, but yeah, uh, so Rob Sesternino was on Survivor 10 years ago and uh, sort of changed the way the game was played. And uh, since then, he has been a uh, podcaster about reality television, Survivor-specific and so I was very uh, excited to to talk with him uh, about RoboCop and uh, that he included me in the discussion. Uh, and it looks like it'll happen more in the future, so I will keep you guys posted whenever there's going to be uh, uh, one coming up. So uh, that's about it. And then also over BattleshipPretension.com, there's a, a special event coming up. It's called the Beepies. It's the first annual BP's awards ceremony uh, in which the various writers and podcasters and guests and then David and myself uh, voted for the best films and film achievements of 2013 and the winners will be revealed on the 22nd. So and you can listen to the uh, you can listen to the ceremony and then the next day we will post the actual winners if you don't feel like listening to the ceremony. Uh, but I will use that as a transition into getting our co-host in here and. Um, but yeah, uh, so one of the people, the guy who presents, I believe, best lead actor, is our more than one lesson co-host, Josh Long. Josh, hey everyone, how you doing? I'm doing good. All right, doing Glad great. You. Did you enjoy attending the BP ceremony? I did very much, and everyone was there. All the big Hollywood names. All of them. Yes, it was very exciting. Yes. And they were such a generous crowd. They absolutely were. Applauding it, in exactly the same way every time. Yes. You would all have loved to have been there, and we're sorry you couldn't make it. Indeed. But, uh, okay, so speaking of the Oscars. Speaking of them. It's a, it's a mini-sode, and we're oh, continuing right. on with our mini-sode series, The Best of Pictures. Uh, last week, we talked about The King's Speech, which won for 2010, this week, we're going to talk about the winner of Best Picture for 2009, which was Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker. 
So let's just jump into it. Let's try to get this episode done quickly because we've got <laughs> things to do. Um, all right. And also I've already done, admittedly it was about five years ago, but I did do an episode about the Hurt Locker with uh, our friend uh, Ben C. So it's been done. Yeah. Everyone's pretty much heard yeah, it. They get it. Yeah. So, um, all right. And, and I wrote an article about it. Yeah, so between you know. the two, you got it. Yeah. So just do those things. Yeah. And then, uh, I just you know. wanted to tell you about that Robocop thing I did. Yeah. So, all right. See y'all. But, uh, no, you know what? We're here. We're recording already. The mics That's are here. True. That's you true. Know, all I right. All this stuff out of my closet. Might as well. Yeah. So, okay. Um, sorry. I'm checking, checking cords here. That is yours. And I will have to turn it down cause you're being too loud, Josh. Oh yeah. Well, you know, that's. A regular problem. With always. Me. Everyone's always complaining that I make too much noise. Josh, you're too loud. Josh, tone it down. Yeah, just, just cool off a little bit. Yeah, you're going as, crazy. Yeah, so, I'm all sorry. right. Sorry, I flew off the handle like that. The Hurt Locker. Josh, I'm going to throw it to you. Okay. What did you think of The Hurt Locker? I liked it. I liked it when I saw it. It's weird. Thinking back on it, I don't have particularly strong memories about it. Hmm. I was thinking about that as we were... Leading up to this episode, I thought I, I remember liking it at the time, but I can't, I guess we'll get to this later, but there are, there are other movies from that year that stick with me very distinctly or have very particular scenes or aspects that I remember distinctly. And, um, I don't know, this one hasn't stuck with me as much. It's interesting as we go further back, we're getting more into ones that we, we can talk more about how we felt about it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when it was one like last year, we're, that's still pretty fresh in, yeah. in the memory. I still feel that Argo sting. You know? <laughs> Boy, do I. Um, yeah, Hurt Locker, uh, I'm kind of with you uh, to a certain extent. I do find myself, I remember a lot about it. But that's not the same as thinking a lot about it. Yeah. If you say, if someone were to say, hey, what do you remember about The Hurt Locker? I could call to mind a number of scenes because there are a lot of memorable sequences in that film. Mm-hmm. However, when thinking of some of my favorite movies or just movies that I thought were great in the last few years, I don't often think about it. Not because I think it's a bad movie. I think it is a good movie. I think it's a, often a great movie. Mm. But somehow it just has kind of faded. Yeah. It's about five years old now. Um but when I think back to 2009, I think, sure, that's a that's a worthy that's a worthy best picture. Like I, I don't think I would have given it best picture over some of the other nominees, but I don't have the uh, beef with it that I did with, with some others, with yeah, Argo or Crash or English Patient or anything like that. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like Zero Dark Thirty stuck with me more. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Maybe I connected with the character more. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that was. Maybe. And also, I think that one, you know, it's based on a true story. Uh, the, and the reason that you mentioned it is because Catherine Bigelow directed Right, both. right. Um, yeah. Uh, it might be because it's based on a true story. Um, it It's kind of a sprawling thing. And it's a true story that each of us, that, that I think Americans in general, whether positively or negatively, they have an association with. They know how they felt about Osama bin Laden, but then the the idea of him being killed. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows or remembers how they felt. Whereas Hurt Locker, it's while the war is is a real thing, it is the characters are fictional, yeah. and so we don't necessarily have a connection with with it inherently. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Zero Dark Thirty, and I think 
in both cases, I think Catherine Bigelow used maturity and, and a certain degree of restraint, but I think she recognized with Zero Dark Thirty, it's like, all right, this might be a little bit more politically charged, so I'm going to maybe be a, a bit more nuanced mm-hmm. in how I approach the, the subject uh, matter. But Yeah, it could be. Uh, but yeah, so Hurt Locker is, how would you describe the plot? It's not necessarily a plot-driven film. No, I think it's more character-driven, which again, makes it a little atypical as a war movie. I think those are the most interesting aspects of it, is that it's not really a typical war movie. Right. Um, but yeah, it seems more character-based, and it kind of follows these three guys, mm-hmm. principally, um, that are on a bomb squad in Iraq. And, you know, it's it's kind of like what it's what it's like to to be in their shoes, what it's like to live that lifestyle, the you know, the tension that comes along with it, um, the excitement that comes along with it. Yeah, Um, that's that's kind of what it's about, I guess. And it is worth noting that. Of all the movies made about the Iraq war, um Hurt Locker is one that a lot of people really like and one that is genuinely considered to be good precisely because it does try to it does try to be mostly atypical because the soldiers tend not to think in terms of politics. They think in terms of what do I need to do? What is required of me? Yeah. And so, which is, is funny because there have been a lot of movies about the Iraq War that have been very unpopular that just people haven't liked at all yes and i've seen uh i've seen a few of them and uh and i don't like them and it's and that's the thing like and despite my despite my personal politics uh i'm not 100 percent sure what i think about the iraq war like it's uh, an argument could definitely be made that it was not necessary um i've heard arguments made that it wasn't necessary when it was fought but it would have been necessary eventually and so why not get it out of the way uh, i've heard that argument and it's that's an interesting way of approaching it. So if a movie is inherently anti-Iraq war, uh, I'm not hostile towards it. Hmm. But And it happens no matter what. A film could be pro or anti, but if it leads with that, I think it will wind up – as we saw, as we talk about with, with movies that have a Christian message. Anytime mm-hmm. a movie leads with its message, I think it winds up doing a disservice to its characters. Yeah. And that's why I think Hurt Locker works so well as a character piece. Yeah. Um, I think there are, there are three main characters. There's certainly one lead, but there are three characters that we return to over and over again. And, uh, and we get a very strong sense of who each one is. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And, and I think it's, I think one of the reasons that the film works well is because it was directed by an action director, somebody who no one would ever say, Oh, Catherine Bigelow, she's a serious filmmaker. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, that's not the right way. People would say she's a serious filmmaker, not but that she's she makes, not Oliver Stone. Right, yeah. You know? Or not that she makes, like, serious movies. Right. She makes really well-done action movies, yeah. you know, Which and there's nothing wrong with that. And so I, I wonder, I don't know this, but I wonder if some people thought, oh, they're they're bringing in the woman that directed Point Break yeah. to make this serious, action, this serious uh, war film. Ugh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> hmm. Um but yeah, but she she did tremendous work because man, the the, the bomb the, sequences are yeah, so exhausting. The tension in those sequences is great. That's it's very well done. Yeah, and it's and that's and I think you mentioned it's not a typical war film, and I think it's because it's so specialized. It's the bomb squad. Yeah, 
what, where, you know, when, when the regular soldiers, not to imply that, you know, your, your average rank and file soldier, mm-hmm. not to imply that they, uh, they're not really they, putting it all on the line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things like when they encounter a bomb, they can't really proceed. Yeah. So where they pull away, these guys have to walk right in and figure it out. Yeah. And so it's really, so already you're like, okay, so we're dealing with a, a high, the highest stress job in the midst of all of high stress already. And the fact that people are willing, that characters are, are willing to do this, Mm -hmm. uh, either because they want to, or they recognize they're good at it and it's, and it needs to be done one way or another. There's just something, there's something in these characters that I think are, it could be viewed as unrelatable because anybody else would say a bomb I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if I, if I plunked, uh, a, uh, an unexploded landmine on the table right now. You would want to leave. I'd probably. Well, I'd think you were crazy. Um, and admittedly, I would be. You would be. You're like, I've been keeping this around for something. This is yeah. what it was. I've been having it. I've had it under the table the whole time. You don't know about it. I do. I'm trying to test this Hitchcockian <laughs> theory about suspense. But, um, but yeah, and so just in, this, in the story it's attempting to tell, it already uh, requires us to kind of lean forward and pay, pay closer attention because we're dealing with the ty- type of people that we don't run across certainly in our own lives, but also we don't run across in movies very often. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, and it is, it's really kind of like we said, it's not really plot driven. It's more a series of vignettes because yeah. these guys just go from one bomb to the next. Right. Um, and in between they have to just be happy that they haven't blown up. Mm-hmm. I hate to be glib about it, but that's kind of, yeah, that's your life is you either are blowing up or you're not. <laughs> and it's, it's really even thinking about the movie. I do own it. I haven't watched it oh, yeah? since I first saw it. Hmm. Uh, and I think I do want to watch it. I feel like it, that will be a good experience to rewatch it. Yeah. I think I will, I'll probably see more in it now than I did at the time. It might be one of those. I feel like it, that could easily be one of those movies that in, if you pull it out in 2019 and watch it, not having watched it for 10 years, you'll be like, wow, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, um, and one of the things that, uh, so the film is notable for a few reasons. One is what we talked about. It's one of the few movies at the time to deal with the Iraq war and not just proselytize the whole time. Um, and thus it had a certain degree of popularity amongst critics. Um, the second was that, um, it was directed by Catherine Bigelow, an action director, but also, as one might assume from the name, uh, a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are not a lot of female action directors out there. In not fact, a lot of female directors out there. <laughs> okay, yes, that's true. And that's... Comparatively, anyway. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I'd be interested in knowing percentage-wise what it looks like. If I had to guess, I'd say, I don't know, 5% yeah. of the directors are, are women. Yeah. And then of the action directors, <laughs> it's like I think it's Catherine Bigelow. Um <laughs> And so, uh, but that's the thing. So though she does specialize in action, uh, often male driven action, um, she is still a woman. And so I wonder if a decidedly female perspective helped set this film apart, but I'm trying to think how, Yeah, because no one would ever describe it as a feminine film. No, not really. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to say because then you're getting into a territory of like 
this is the way that women direct. Right. And if it's, if it were specifically something about women's issues or dealt or the characters were women, then you could say, well, clearly a woman's going to have more insight into those things. But when it's not, then it just becomes us kind of like guessing what women might be better at. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Um, it's, it's hard to say, but there could be something there, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then it also sort of launched the career of an actor who'd been bouncing around Hollywood for a while. I think I first noticed him in the movie SWAT, which is not a good movie, but he was the villain in it. And I remember even at the time, that was like 2003, I think, hmm. at the time thinking, who's that guy? He's really good. Hmm. And uh, and then when I, I found out, I never saw it, but I found out that he had played Jeffrey Dahmer in like... Uh, I think it was like a TV movie or it might have been a straight to video movie about Jeffrey Dahmer. And so, wow. uh, so we're talking about Jeremy Renner. Yeah. This was the first thing I had ever seen him in. And then, yeah, he, I think you already, did you say he blew up after this? Like, yeah, he did. It was all of a sudden he's in the Avengers. He's in like, uh, he was in so many things shortly yeah. after this major things. Well, and that's the thing is like, so he was nominated for best actor for this. Uh, let's see who won Jeff Bridges won for crazy heart. Um, which I'll get to in a moment. But uh, so he was nominated for this. And then he got another nomination the year after for supporting actor for the town, mm-hmm. um, which was a very popular film. And, you know, and then he was, I don't know how well it did and if it's going to continue, but uh, he's in like the next generation of born movies. Yeah. And yeah, he was in the Avengers. He's in American hustle. American like hustle. he just Carmine Polito. Yeah. That's, very specific that you know his name and uh, you can call to mind immediately i don't know why i remember that probably because i was wondering if that was a real person because mm. he's based on a real person he's based on a real person but the name is not an actual the name real is person. not the actual name and the guy the real guy not quite as squeaky clean um <laughs> surprise, but, uh, surprise. we're talking about Camden, new jersey also. yeah it's the worst place it is that's now. on the sign when you drive in <laughs> um but yeah and so uh jeremy renner he is an actor with some very he has an he's an odd screen presence. First off, he's fairly short. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds strange, but as somebody you know who came to be associated with action, um, and and physicality, because even in the town, the town isn't necessarily an action movie, but his character is a, f- a very physical type of character. Yeah. Um, it's odd that he would be as short as he is and they don't try to make him look tall that's the other thing no um i also feel like he has a, he has almost like a character actor look to him doesn't he kind of if he were to play for example an elf <laughs> in like uh a lord of the rings film they wouldn't have to exaggerate his features too much like he has a very distinct kind of look he's yeah. not i don't mean to make fun of him he does no, not no. have like a movie star face yeah he has a character actor face and he yeah. started as a character actor so it makes sense um, and I, I always think that's cool when somebody who you wouldn't look at that person and be like, Oh, that's, that's your like yeah. hunk leading man guy, but is still a, like, because is able to hold those kind of roles is able to be a major like star actor. I think yeah. that's cool. And just has, and just has tremendous screen charisma probably yeah. because he started playing, you know, villains and mm. serial killers and that sort of thing. Yeah. I never saw Dahmer. Apparently the film it came along there was a string of really exploitative serial killer movies there was gacy there was ted bundy there was Dahmer. i didn't see any of them uh, but they they all sound terrible but i hear that he's actually he his performance in mm. Dahmer 
actually elevates the film beyond that. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned earlier the film, the, the, the person that I first talked with, uh, with about um, The Hurt Locker was Ben C. And he was a big fan of those types oh, of Oh, yeah. Movies, he's so. always been interested in those types of cases. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt if he saw if he had seen Dahmer, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, and so Jeremy Renner plays the the main character um, whose name I do not have in front of me, but I will in just a moment. Somebody it's James w- William James, Sergeant William First James. Class, and he's got two first names. Mm, yes, I don't like that. Can't trust him. Cannot trust him. Probably eats here. people. What was that? He probably eats people. Yeah, that's a recurring thing in his films. Is it really? <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there was something else where he played. I like the idea where you, it's like J- Jeffrey Dahmer, and then they incorporated that into his his Hurt Locker character. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he does a the character is I think well written. Um, but he could have been very easily overplayed because mm-hmm. he's a guy who has been on the bomb squad for a while, is very good at it, mm-hmm. and. He doesn't – I don't know if I'd say – would you go as far as say he enjoys it or he kind of amps himself up for it? I don't know. Well, that's a hard question actually because I think I, I I might say enjoys but not like <laughs> – I feel like he enjoys it the same way that someone enjoys cocaine. Like yeah. you don't say, oh, I enjoy cocaine. It's, yeah. It's enjoyable. Um, it's almost kind of like a – it's like an adrenaline addiction type yeah. thing. Might, well, it might exactly be an adrenaline yeah. addiction. And at the at the beginning of the film, I believe there is a quote that says like "war is an addiction" or something yeah, like that. I yeah, don't know. something about war is a drug. Yeah, that's the is word. in there somewhere. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he he is a weird character. He's yeah. he he could be that. Well, he is sort of that wild man character. Like he yeah. can't. He's a little unpredictable. He's a little crazy. But I think you were saying he never he never takes that too far. He never like overplays it or turns that into a stereotype. Yeah. And it would have, and I think in the, if, if it were, even if the script were exactly the same, if it were directed differently Mm -hmm. and they really wanted to make this almost a, almost a surreal type of film like apocalypse. Now he could be the Robert Duvall character in in apocalypse now like that it there, it has that potential, but he doesn't play. He plays him as a real guy who is maybe a bit reckless. Other people note it and say, oh, this guy's a little crazy. But then there's also nice quiet moments when you see that though he may be these things, he does not like the idea of putting other people in harm's way. He'll go into it, but he doesn't like to do that. And he he will take care of the guys that are in his under his command. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and so he's a really – the character could have been two-dimensional, but he is a well-rounded, well-played character um, and – as we said, this is this film is a character piece first and foremost, and so it's important that the main character be a guy that you, even if you don't totally relate to him, which I feel like I don't, mm. uh, you certainly sympathize with him. Yeah, and you have he's to doing stuff that y- y- it are stuff that is unsympathetic. Yeah, and you have to keep wanting to watch him, and I think that yeah. is always the case with this character. You're you you don't totally know what he's going to do, and there's something a little fascinating about him. Yeah. Um, he, he's one of those characters that you want to, you want to watch him. Yeah. Um, so there's not a whole lot else to talk about with the film, unfortunately, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I will say that, you know, it's, it's a film that is not universally loved. And I, and I'm sure that as we've said before, and I'm sure we'll say again, the minute you designate something best movie of the year, people put it under a microscope. Yeah. There are a lot of people I know 
you know, I, I know people who, um, when I first put out my episode about Hurt Locker, cause I put it out, I believe in 2009, the year that it won. Um, I know that, uh, some people said, uh, this movie did not, did not deserve to win. This movie does not, uh, portray soldiers in an accurate way. Hmm. Um, it's too cavalier. It's too whatever, like, and this, and this was coming from like a, somebody I went to high school with who actually was, you know, was a soldier hmm. in Iraq. Like, so he had a very clear opinion about that, about how in many ways it was inaccurate and, and unflattering. Um, I'm not a soldier and never have been. And if I had to guess, I would say never will be. <laughs> Darn these flat feet of mine. I'm joking. Of course. Uh, it's, so the, it, and it's a mentality that is clear, like the military has their own way of doing things. And I don't say that in a negative way. They have to, the nature of what they're doing is all right, we're all willing to die depending on what the, na- the global climate is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be required of you, but you're pu- putting that out there. And as such, it, it's a different type of mentality. And so, and it's one that I certainly, no matter how hard I try, I don't think I will be able to understand. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean to be cavalier when I say just in the, in the same way that I think the film, uh, is not trying to extrapolate things about the Iraq war. I also don't think it is trying to talk about soldiers in general. I think it's very specific to this guy. Yeah, I think so too. And so, if somebody says, well, that's not how soldiers are. It's like, it is, it's, enti- it is possible that there is nobody on the bomb squad who is like this man. That's possible. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the film isn't even trying to do, it's not saying, yes, there isn't anybody like this man. There is only this man. And this is the story we're telling. And I'm okay with that because yeah. I feel like it tells the story well. Yeah. But, um, and then we do need to to wrap up. Uh, so I will say uh, it's a film that if you haven't seen, I recommend it, certainly. Hmm. Um, but I will quickly list off the movies that were nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, An Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, A Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. There are some movies in there that I think are not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some, some that I think there, are wonderful. There are some that I think are not even good. Uh, indeed, yes. But uh, that we may or may not have done an episode about. <laughs> we did. Um, may or may not have. Um, uh, yeah, I think for for this, my um, my pick, I think, is probably Inglorious Bastards. And I, I wonder if that's because the movie is more flashy, and, and in a sense, there's a lot more to rem- it it is the type of movie that would stick in your memory more easily because just because of its nature. Yeah. Tarantino um, films, they are constantly demanding your memory. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, that, I, I don't think that takes away from it. I think it, that is a really great movie. Yeah. And, um, so I don't know. I, I feel like I wasn't expecting that to win. No, I thought it was going to win screenplay, but it didn't. It lost to Hurt Locker. Yeah. Which that surprises me a little bit. Yeah. But uh, Hurt Locker is a good, it's, I think it's a pretty solid script. No, I do too. I, 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 I hate to say it, but I feel like Tarantino always deserves to win best. Screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a certain type of writing. And again, this is one that, like you said before, 
we don't really begrudge it that win. I don't. Yeah. I don't really begrudge it the screenplay win, even though if I I wouldn't, even though I like Inglorious Bastards more, I think it might be might think it's a better script. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't be angry about that one really. Yeah. So it's it's a film that I and that's the thing. There there are some good movies in here. I'm I'm a big fan of an education. Yeah. Uh, I I think a serious man is a wonderful film. I really liked Up and I loved Up in the Air. Mm. Um and I think I might like all of those more than The Hurt Locker, but I think that from a certainly from a directorial standpoint, but from a, and a filmmaking standpoint, I think the only thing of the movies that I like that compare, I think, is Inglorious Bastards. Avatar was an achievement in many ways, uh, but it's a movie I don't like, so I'm not con- I'm not including that in this. Um, but yeah, so so I'm, you know, I'm not upset with Hurt Locker, but it is also, as we said, it's not a movie that I think about very often. But when I do think about it, I think positively. It was a, it was a solid film going experience for me. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, if you haven't seen, it, would you say it's a movie that you would recommend people? Yeah, see? I would. If they can take it, obviously. It is tremendously tense. That's true. If you don't like tense movies, then this one's not for you. Yeah, not at all. But anyway, so I think we're going to leave it at that because uh, we've got somewhere to be, which is my living room. But there, there will be people there meeting us. So, uh, so yeah, um, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com or Josh, Josh, at morethanonelesson.com. You can follow me on Twitter at more lessons you can follow josh at the josh long at the josh long you can follow us uh you can join our facebook group um and uh yeah tune in next week when we will talk about spike jones her and we'll uh josh thanks for being here you're welcome and we'll get you next time bye